Come on, come all, come gather round. Come hear tales both lost and found. Grab yourself a drink with a splash of lime. It's David and Michael's story time. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Storytime Original Flavor. I'm your first host, David Miller. And I'm your vanilla host, Michael Santel. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty vanilla too, I think, for the most part. You're like a, a vanilla, you're a vanilla bean. There's some, there's some flex yeah, in there's you. Yeah, there's those little, those little specks in there, yeah. Mm, those that's, delicious that's, vanilla That's the bits. kind to get, man. David, I am ready to go. Today's I know episode, you've been like you've been like messaging me all morning about like let's go, let's go, let's start. Today's uh, episode is brought to you by the Brooklyn Water Bagel Company and their delicious <laughs> coffee ice cubes. It's what's keeping me and Larry King alive. Uh, and today is an episode that may be considered a rarity these days. It's just us. We I don't know. have a guest today. <laughs> this is weird. It feels it feels nice, David. It feels like we're back in the saddle. Yeah, we even could have. We could have had Eric Zipper back in to keep going on Lost, and we decided, let's have some us time. Yeah, he can go be lost in the woods. We got to work on this relationship <laughs> right now. Yeah. So uh, I was looking for fairy tales, as right. I do, right. and... I'm just we're gonna start I'm gonna start with the I'm gonna start with the title. We'll do predictions. I don't wanna lean too much into it. Um, <laughs> okay. So we're just gonna kinda actually lean into it by jumping on it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna jump on it. We're gonna jump on it. Uh, today's story from the Brothers Grimm Great. is called The Valiant Little Tailor. Okay. For some reason this title sounds somewhat familiar, but I bet I've never actually heard this story. Do you know what okay. I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that sounds like a very generic fairy tale title. So I just feel like I've heard it before. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is uh, a very generic. It is a very generic title. The Valiant Little Tailor. So the thing with fairy tale titles is you have to take them kind of literally. So like, either he is a young tailor, like he's a young boy who's like the son of a tailor or something, and and like works in the tailor shop, or he's literally a little tailor. Like he's like six inches tall or something you know what i mean like so i'm gonna go with that I, my prediction is that it's a very small tailor okay <laughs> maybe and maybe his deal is he's, made, he's so small but he's like so good at making clothes because he can get in there and really like work with the fabric uh, yeah it's the, okay okay continue yeah that's right he's valiant so he's got to be heroic in some way um so i i don't know yeah He's got. He's gonna have to leave on like an adventure, and he's gonna take like a few items with him, uh, and they're like, let's say, no more than three. Listen, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't give you snaps right now because it fucks with the recording. But right now, you get all the snaps of the world, David. And he'll use them one at a time in the order that they were first mentioned, and then um, there will be, of course, a talking animal. Yeah, great, David. Good shit. Good fucking shit. Now, and I guess the thing that he's got to like go on an adventure for is like, it's it's know, one of two things. It's, it's either always, to it's, it's either to save someone or it's because like we're poor and you have to go out in the world and just make your way. Like, so I'm I'm gonna guess the second one more than the first, but it very well could be like, oh, the king's daughter was taken. Okay, okay. Listen, your all of your swatches are correct. There is one fairy tale swatch that has happened that we haven't talked about, but we'll get as soon as things start popping up, you'll absolutely yeah, yeah. agree. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Sure. Um what I didn't want to say beforehand is this is the famous little tailor story. <laughs> See, okay. So I I, I Do you know do anything? Feel like... Do you know anything? Because as soon as you hear like the thing that he does, it happens very quickly. 
the thing he's known for, you'll absolutely it'll ping things in your no, brain. No, no, okay. I. No, it sounds really familiar to me that it's like, oh, he has some special skill. Right, uh, okay. So I, I don't know. But I, it's very possible that, like, when I was six, I s- saw some representation of this. But I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it was, as I was reading, I was like, oh, I sort of know this story. But yeah. I really like this interpretation of the story. I like the, the way they The original? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> This interpretation being the, well, the original? Whatever, whatever this edition the translation, of my, I guess. Yeah, whatever yeah. translation. Oh, David. The what? translation by Margaret Hunt. Thank you, Margaret Thank Hunt. Thank you, Margaret. Oh, yeah, I I never shout out to that. Margaret Hunt. We should have really – we'll hit her up on Twitter. We'll see what we she's should, up yeah, to. Let's... <laughs> okay. The Valiant Little Taylor. One summer's morning, a little tailor was sitting on his table by the window. He was in good spirits and sewed with all his might. Then came a peasant woman down the street crying, Good jams cheap. Good jams cheap. Oh, boy. She's selling you get, when you get when you get your gems, you got to make sure that a they're good gems and b you get them for as cheap as you can because now, gems are just an investment. What are you going to make out of now, gems, right? Now, David, so. <laughs> David, I apologize. This is my dumb fucking coffeeed up self. Not gems, jams. Oh, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a weird thing for a. A peasant woman <laughs> yeah. to be to be just walking around with like rubies, garnets, no, opals, preserves, cheap, everything must go. She found in the forest. This is a weird <laughs> woman. This taste of her feet. These are preservatives with sugars and sweets. Got it. Okay, and I think you mean preserves. No, no preservatives. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> This rang pleasantly in the tailor's ear. He stretched his delicate head out the window and called, Come here, dear woman. Here you will get rid of your goods. The woman uh, came- It's interesting to me the adjectives we're using. First of all, he's a little tailor, but we haven't... What, what is that? Is he just a short guy? Like, <laughs> short short kings unite, I guess? Like, you know? Uh, but also, his delicate head. He put his delicate head out the window. Yeah, he's yeah. He's just a dainty little tailor. He's just, he's just, he, he's just like a, he's like a little precious china doll or something. He's made a Yeah, I, I get the sense that he's very, like, um, just, like, cute. He's just, like, a cute, cute as a button. Absolutely. <laughs> The woman came up the three steps to the tailor with her heavy basket and made uh, and he made her unpack all of her pots for him. He inspected all of them, lifted them up, put his nose to them, and at length said, The jam seems to be good, so weigh out three ounces, dear woman, and if it comes to a quarter and a pound, I will not complain. <laughs> you know what? I love that. I do that all the time when, like... I go to, you know, or in the before times. The before when times. I, when I would go to the store and like the deli and get like potato wedges and shit or like mashed potatoes or whatever. And they'd be like, how much? And I'd be like, I don't know, a half pound. And then they start and I'd be like, if it goes over, it's fine. Like, don't. Because yeah. they'll, they'll ask you if it goes like, oh, I have 0.6 pounds. Is that okay? And some people, I guess, get really pissed about that. I well, guess if can... you have a super limited budget and you like really only can spend, you know, what are you 250 doing? or whatever. If, but... Listen, if you're getting JoJo potatoes from the grocery store, you got to get all the potato wedges, okay? Don't go in there with a budget. Get what you think is a good amount. I just usually go in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that the, the tailor, he made the woman, she was like, all right, I have jam. He's like, get no, no, everything out. everything yeah. out. <laughs> and then he buys three ounces. I mean, he's a little tailor. You can't have that much, excuse me, I just, I just burped. David, you're ruining the episode. <laughs> you, you can't have, <laughs> all right, let's all get our gross bodies out of the way. Uh, uh, <laughs> as a, as a six inch person, you can't have that much jam. 
I know he's not actually suspicious, but I'm picturing this whole time that he's just like an incredible, he's like Thumbelina, but as a tailor. Okay. The woman who had hoped to find a good sale gave him what he desired, but went away quite angry and grumbling. Now God bless this jam, cried the little tailor, and give me health and strength. So So he brought the bread out of the cupboard, cut himself a piece right across the loaf, and spread the jam all over it. This won't taste bitter, said he. I will just finish the jacket before I take a bite. (laughs) <laughs> do you announce how your food will not taste before you eat it <laughs> no but i but like do you like get a get a brand new pizza out and like open it and be like this will not taste sweet like <laughs> no, no, but, but you do do that thing where you like get the pizza and you're like oh this is gonna be a good damn pizza yeah he's pizza. Like, he like gets, puts the butter on and goes this will not be bitter like <laughs> okay he's yeah. all excited listen he doesn't want bitter things in his life i like bitter stuff he laid the bread near near him, sewed on, and in his joy made a bigger and bigger stitches. In the meantime, the swell of the sweet jam ascended to the wall where the flies were sitting in great numbers, and oh they were boy. attracted and descended on its host. Ho! Ho! Who invited you, said the little tailor, and drove I, the... <laughs> you, what? I, I think I just remembered what story this is. And drove the unbidden guests away. The flies, however, who understood no words, would not be turned away, but came mm-hmm. back again in ever-increasing com- uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that I love that they were like, yeah, the flies don't speak English. None of this means anything to them. They came back again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I do like that the, the story like lets us know that. Like it, it brings us in. It's like, these are not magical flies. They don't these understand are, speech. These are just regular everyday flies that live in the normal world. Um, I also like I'm pretty sure I remember the story, but that's fun because like I literally only remember the premise of the story. Like Correct. I don't remember the events. This is the seven in one blow story, right? The little tailor at last lost all patience and got a bit of cloth from the hole under his work table and said, wait, and I will give it to you, struck Mm -hmm. it mercilessly on them. When he drew it away and continued, there lay before him no fewer than seven, dead, with legs stretched out. Are you a fellow of that sort, said he, and could not but help admiring his own bravery. The whole town (laughs) shall know of this. (laughs) Yes, David, this is the seven-in-one guy. Yeah, so I, like, I only remember, like, this impetus of the story, and I do not remember, like, I know it's like, uh uh-oh, like, now everyone thinks he's a hero, but I don't remember, like, how he has to prove it. This is exactly what happened to me, and I was like, oh, no, this is that story. But then I read on, and that is not what happens. Also, I don't want to give anything away. He is not a hero. He is a no, trickster, I know, I know. son of a bitch. <laughs> and the third and the third swatch of fairy tales that come up, which I guess spoilers for the rest of the story. There's those stories where the person is just a godlike being that everything he does works out. He <laughs> yeah. just gets every David. Yeah. I just hit IDFKA and we're in God mode, baby. Yeah, or IDFFA, whatever the code is. We're in God mode now. <laughs> it's uh, it's basically like he's got like super scoundrels luck, right? Like everything just... David, every he time he rolls the die, yeah. it's a D20. Every time yeah, it comes yeah. up 20, comes up 20, comes up 20. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally get it. So, the little tailor hastened... Uh, Fastened to cut himself a girdle, stitched to it and embroidered in large letters, seven at one stroke. Yeah. What the what the town, he continued, the whole world shall hear of it. And his heart wagged with joy like a lamb's tail. The tailor put on the girdle and resolved to go further into the world because he thought his workshop was too small for his valor. <laughs> All he did was kill seven flies, and he's like, everyone's got to know about this. Again, if you are six feet tall, or six inches <laughs> tall, 
Seven Flies is like a gang of like wild dogs to you, you know? Sure, like- okay. That's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Before he went away, he sought about in the house to see if there was anything which could be taken with him. However, he found nothing but old cheese and put it in his pocket. All right, item one. <laughs> in, fr- <laughs> in front of the door, he observed a bird which had caught itself in a thicket. It had to go in his pocket with the cheese. Yeah, okay. <laughs> item two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's like, oh, that bird is stuck. I'm going to get it out of where it's stuck and then make it stuck in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, he's, he's, he's a monster, but only when it regards to himself. Now he took the road boldly, and as he was light and nimble, he felt no fatigue. The road, David, I don't know how fucking tall he is. You might be right. He I might listen, be- listen. He's, he's just a little dainty, like, sprite of a person. I don't think he's... Now he's big enough to put a bird in his pocket. Right. I was going to say, I don't think he's Tom Thumb or Thumbelina size, but I right. do think he might be, like, Munchkin Mare size. Okay. Right, because yeah. the Munchkin Mare was he's a little like a, bit he's bigger like a than no, the other like, like no taller than like, and back then too, people weren't as tall as they are today. So like, yeah, so he's probably five two foot, foot is one. even like kind of tall. So like, sure. right, so he's probably like four, 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 four. Let's say he's a yeah. four, four at he's the a tallest. Four, four person. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, do you think that maybe, and this is maybe he's like, think of him like like Neo, right? Like he understands that he's living in a fairy tale universe. <laughs> I don't think that's Which what's is why on. he's like, I'm going into town. I better put some random objects on my person so that I'll have the, the, the things I'll need later. You know what let's I mean? Fight, let's find out how those objects get used. <laughs> the road led him up a mountain, and when he reached the highest point of it, sat a powerful giant looking about quite <laughs> comfortably. Now, by David's logic, this giant is six foot one. Like, this oh, yeah. Is, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's no taller than me. <laughs> I mean, the I'm little, six foot, so he right. could be a little taller. Well, than in me. high heels, you're a little taller. And now uh, our audience knows how tall I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The little tailor went up bravely and spoke to him and said, Good day, comrade. He's a communist little man. Cool. So you are sitting there overlooking the widespread world. I uh, I am just on my way there and would try my luck. Have you any inclination to go with me? Already trying to add to his party. What a cool dude. He's He's like, hey, brother, we're both members of the working class. You want to come travel with me? Let's go. Listen, we got you get- have you have insight and perspective that I don't. I would like to learn of that. This is this guy. He he might be a little bit like showy and a bit of a liar, as we'll probably prove to see. But he's got he's got nice ideology so far. <laughs> the giant looked contemptuously at the tailor. You ragamuffin! You miserable creature! Yeah, oh. the giant is capitalism. Oh, indeed. (laughs) Oh, indeed, answered the little tailor and unbuttoned his coat and showed the giant his girdle. There you may read what kind of man I am. The giant. I imagine him unbuttoning his coat like in a really sexy tease sort of way. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those buttons across the breastplate, like Han yeah, Solo, yeah. so it comes down like this. <laughs> the giant read seven at one stroke and thought they had been men whom the tailor had killed, and began to feel a little respect for the tiny fellow. Yeah. Now, Nevertheless, he wished to try him first and took a stone in his hand and squeezed it together so that the water dropped out of it. Do likewise, said the giant, if you have strength. Is that all, said the tailor? That is child's play with us. And put his hand into his pocket and brought out the soft cheese and presented it (laughs) until until the liquid ran out of it. Faith, 
said he. That was good, wasn't it? The giant did not know what to say and could not believe uh, believe it of the little man. Then the giant picked up a stone and threw it in his, uh, in <laughs> so high that his eye could scarcely follow it. Now, little mite of a man, do likewise. <laughs> Well thrown. It's so dumb. This this okay. I we already obviously see what's about to happen. He's yeah. gonna throw the bird, and the bird's just gonna fly away. Yeah. <laughs> well, <What's> crazy. Thrown... <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll have my comment when it happens. Well thrown, said the tailor. But after all, the stone came down to earth again. I will throw it in which it shall never come back at all. Then he put his hand <laughs> in his pocket, took out the bird, and threw it in the air. The bird, delighted with its liberty, rose, flew away, and did not come. <laughs> back <laughs> how does that shot please you comrade asked the tailor there you go david make your comment <laughs> well it's going to probably be technically after the giant response i'm assuming the giant is going to be like impressed right and he's going to be like oh shit that's way better than i did two things one what is this giant's eyesight like because he can see and read seven in one stroke but he Correct. can't see that that rock is a bird flapping its <laughs> yeah. wings. I guess the tailor's initial inertia was, you know, the bird was bunched up or something, so he didn't Here's see a it thought. away. Here's a thought. It's a small tailor, right? He's tiny. The bird's got to fit in his pocket. It's a hummingbird. The giant can't <laughs> David, see his wings because they're moving too fast. Objection. You cannot what? put a hummingbird in your pocket. There's no way his tiny little fingers can grab a hummingbird. You can't can really put most birds in your pocket. Like, <laughs> oh, I could, put a, I could put a blue jay in my pocket. Well, no problem. But the hummingbird was already caught in something, so we didn't have to, like, catch the hummingbird, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think this is just like a little gray, like a little, like, gray-brown bird because it's got to look like a rock. Yeah, but also throwing the ro the bird as a rock. What if the bird like went up and then immediately just landed in a tree? Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> listen, the bird was happy with its liberty yeah, and just got the fuck out of dodge. Yeah, back to the giant. You can <laughs> certainly throw," said the giant. "But now you will. But now we will see if you are able to carry anything properly." Well, oh, shit! I'm out of items. I only grabbed <laughs> two. Well, now we got to use the tailor's nimble brain. Oh. Uh, he took the tailor to a mighty oak tree and uh, which lay which had laid there felled on the ground and said, "If you are strong enough, help me carry this tree out of the forest." Hmm. Readily answered the little man, "You take the trunk on your shoulders, and I will rise up in the branches and twigs. After all, they are the heaviest." The giant took the trunk on his shoulders, but the tailor <laughs> seated himself on a branch, and the giant, who could not look around, had to carry the whole tree and the little tailor to boot. The tailor was quite happy and merry uh, and whistled the song. Three tailors rode forth from the gate as it was carrying the tree where the uh, as if carrying the tree were uh, was just child's play. <laughs> That's the whole song? <laughs> yeah, it's not even a song. It's just one line. Three tailors rode forth from the gate, and I just put a tune to it, but it wasn't a yeah, very you did. good tune. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going like, to take that sound and put it in my little MIDI thing, yeah. and I'm going to make a whole... <laughs> David, I would fucking love some remixes. Let's give you some... I thought it was going to be like uh, Panic at the Disco, so like we could do it like... Uh, uh, what was the song? Uh, I just had it in my head and I lost it. Damn it. David, do the mini files. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you're, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the giant, after he after he dragged the heavy burden part of the way, couldn't go on no further and cried, Ho, oh, I shall have to let the tree fall. The tailor sprang nimbly down, seized the tree with both arms, and it as if he had been carrying it the whole time and said to the giant, 
You are such a great fellow and you cannot even carry the tree? They went on together and as and as and as they passed a cherry tree, the giant laid hold the top of the tree where the ripest fruit was hanging, bent it down, put it into the tailor's hand and bade him to eat. But the little tailor was much too weak to hold the tree. And when the giant let it go, it sprang back again and the tailor was hurled into the air with it. Yeah. <laughs> when he had fallen down again without injury, the giant said, what is this? Have you not strength enough to hold down this weak twig? There is no lack of strength, answered the little tailor. Do you think that that could be anything to do with a man who had struck down seven at one blow? I leapt over the tree because the huntsmen are shooting down there in the thicket. Jump as I did and you can do it. The giant made the attempt but could not get over the tree and remained hanging in the branches so that in it also the tailor kept the upper hand. (laughs) Wait, the giant got caught in the branches of the tree? Yeah, so the giant pulled the tree all the way down. He yeah. launched it into the air. Then and then he, he tried to have the giant jump over it. Yeah, right? he was like, I didn't I didn't hold it down. I jumped over that tree. And then when the giant tried to jump over the tree, he like got caught up in the branches. Yeah. I'm just I'm trying to now size the giant yeah, in my I'm, brain. I know? think the giant is a Nephilim. I think he's like nine feet tall. <laughs> he's like okay. kind of tall, but he's not that tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. The giant said, if you're such a valiant fellow, come with me into our cavern and spend the night with us. The little tailor was willing and followed him. When they went into the cave, other giants were sitting there by a fire, and each of them had a roasted sheep in hand and was eating. An entire roasted yeah, sheep. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> a sheep in hand. Yeah. Um, also, also I, yeah. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. I picture the whole sheep, like, just, like, with the fur and everything just, like, turning and it's all brown and glistening. Like, it doesn't really make sense, but it's a whole sheep. <laughs> I, I imagine that, because it's already roasted, so I think that they're all just, like, sheeps on a stick. Like, there's oh, literally, okay, yeah, like, like, hot, like, like, like they have the dogs? stick, like, it was rotating, and then they just took it off the fire, and each of them has one. Like, yeah, <laughs> and they dip it into ketchup, and then they go, ah, blah, 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 Yeah. Um, little... Side note. Yeah. Uh, I just, I meant to tell you earlier, uh, I've been playing some um, Diablo Three lately, okay. Uh, because I never got to have Diablo as a kid, so I, I just went for it. Uh, but in that game, everybody keeps calling my character the Nephilim, and it makes me think of you every time. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Listen, anytime Bible mysteries come up, please think about me, okay? <laughs> The little tailor looked around and thought it was much more spacious than it was much more spacious here than in my workshop. The giant showed him a bed and said he was to lie down in it and sleep. The bed, however, was too big for the little tailor. He did not lay down in it, but crept into a corner. When it was midnight, the giant thought that the little tailor was lying in a sound sleep. He got up, took a great iron bar and cut through the bed with one blow and thought he had given the runt the finishing stroke. With the earliest dawn, the giants went into the forest and had quite forgotten the little tailor. When all at once he walked up to them quite merrily and boldly, the giants were terrified and were afraid that he would strike them all dead and ran away in a great hurry. Yeah, so, hey, that's a classic thing that happens, which is someone coming in and trying to kill someone in the night and then just being like, well, I did it, and walking away. Yeah. And then in the morning they come in and are like, oh, I didn't feel a thing. Um, but also, crazy that, like, the one giant came in and tried to murder this guy and then left. And then in the morning, all of his giant friends were like, hey, where's that little dude? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. I murdered him last night. Let's just move on. And then they just. <laughs> I like the idea that the tailor like walked out like, hello, everybody. Arms yeah. swinging. And they were like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
Um, I also think that the implication is that he now owns that cave. That cave is his new home. They, they have abandoned this place because, yes, they, yeah. they've run for their lives. He's got like a giant, he's got like four guest bedrooms with four giant beds. He's living a mansion <laughs> in this cave. He can't like lift anything in that no, cave. No, no, no. No, it's going to be very dusty very quickly, but it'll be nice. <laughs> The little tailor went onwards, always following his own pointed nose. Now, I don't know what that means. I think it means he's like – his nose is like pointed in the air because he's so happy all the time. He's like walking with his head held high kind of Or thing. because of his thriftiness in ways and very precise measurements of jam, he might be a Jewish fellow. Now, listen. I don't, I don't know if that's what implying. If, if, you, if those stereotypes existed when they wrote this, I'm not going to put them into it now. Okay, so. okay, okay. Because <laughs> that's – no good. Yeah, that's no good, David. After he walked for a long time, he came to a courtyard of a royal palace, and he felt weary, and he lay down on the grass and fell asleep. While he lay there, the people came and inspected him on all sides, and read on the girdle, seven at one stroke. Ah, said they. Why, this is a great warrior here in the midst of peace? He must be a mighty lord. They went and had announced him to the king and gave it as their opinion that if war should break out, it's better to be wait, uh, to be weighty and a useful man who ought no account be allowed to depart. David, we got to get this guy for our army because if he's just out there, he would wreck us in a fight. I can't believe, like, what a time when you could just wear a t-shirt that says something and people would be like, oh, guys, this is 100% true. Like, <laughs> you know. Everyone, I have an announcement to make. Based on this man's shirt, I am stupid. If you see the arrow, <laughs> it is pointing at me. I am the stupid one. <laughs> the council pleased the king, and he sent out one of his couriers to the little tailor to offer him military service when he awoke. The ambassador remained standing by the sleeper, waited until he had stretched his limb, opened his eyes, and, and conveyed to him the proposal. So, like, he had to just watch him sleep. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's like, hello, good sir. <laughs> um, I'm a little late for it, but my, my joke for what shirt I would wear in that situation is juicy. <laughs> we must this man must be stomped on his juice is delicious <laughs> the juice, he's the juiciest i would write i'd wear those victoria's secret angel on my butt and they'd be like we cannot kill this man he is a courier of the lord <laughs> yeah. for this very reason i have come here the tailor replied i am ready to enter the king's service he was therefore honorably received and a special dwelling was assigned him the soldiers however were set against the little tailor and wished him a thousand miles away what is it to be the end of us? They said amongst themselves, if we quarrel with him and he strikes about, seven of us will fall at every blow. Not <laughs> one of us can stand against him. They came, therefore, to a decision, went to the king, and begged for his dismissal. We are not prepared, said they, oh to stay God. with a man who kills seven with one stroke? I, I can already see where this is going. A war is going to break out, and the kingdom has no soldiers except this guy. <laughs> I love the hot goss of these soldiers being like, he killed seven at one blow. If he sneezes, seven of us are going to die. <laughs> we can't be. Why are they afraid to be on the same side as this guy? Is because they're like, going to like, because David, when you're a military man, you do like you're military gonna games. Scuffles. They're going to yeah. be practicing with their swords, just like in Mulan. <laughs> Remember in the new Mulan? I didn't see it. You didn't see the new Mulan where the hawk no. woman comes from the sky with her hawk magic and then Mulan has chi, but she has to hide her chi, but Donnie Yen is aware of her chi and he tells her to let her chi out? No, I didn't want to pay $30 for that. Oh, okay. okay, well that's the long and short of it. This is, I guess, not important to the story, but is a question that I have. Yes. 
Did the tailor ever get to finish that jacket? Great question. I think it's the jacket he's wearing. But he was working on it, and then the David, lady with the jam interrupted him. I know, but I think this is the jacket with the big breasted buttons on it that he kept making loops bigger and bigger that he opens freely when he wants to show people his girdle. I guess. I hope so. I hope he finished it. The king was very sorry for the sake of one that he should lose all of his faithful servants, wished that he had never set eyes on the tailor and would willingly get rid of him again. But he did not venture to give him dismissal, for he for he dreaded that he should strike him and all of his people dead and oh place himself on the royal throne. He thought about it for a long time and at last found good counsel. He sent to the little tailor and had him inform that he was such a great warrior, the king had one request to make of him. In the forest, David, here it comes. Yeah. In the forest of the country lived two giants who caused great mischief with their robbing, murdering, ravagings, and burning, and no one could approach them without putting themselves in danger of death okay i feel like murdering robbing burning and ravaging are a little more than mischief yes yes (laughs) (laughs) they are causing great mischief with all the murders and arson they're doing (laughs) but it it also feels like this is the language the king has to use to like not lose his throne so when people are like how's that giant oh those mischief makers it's It's a problem it's just mischief but they burn down half the town right behind him is just murder and like just dead bodies (laughs) thrown everywhere and he's like no another day nine more peasants dead I'm a little I'm a little frustrated that the problem is giants because we've already had a whole act of the story where we've dealt with giants and I would like to see a different villain than I, giants. I, I do agree with you. That being said, he only dealt with one giant. Now there's No, he dealt with giants. like five. There was like five in that cave. Yeah, but he didn't have to do anything with those giants. Now he's going into battle with two specifically yeah. that are mischievous giants. Yeah, yeah. If the tailor conquered and killed these two giants, he would give him his only daughter to wed and half of his kingdom as a dowry. Likewise, 100 horsemen should go with him to assist him. You're going to give half your kingdom and your daughter just to quell some mischief. That's some pretty strong mischief. (laughs) Yeah, but but to be fair, every day another orphanage goes dead, so, like, we got to do something about it. Also, though, when they say, like, half my kingdom, in these times, that's maybe, like... Five square miles, you yeah, know, yeah, like. yeah, the other side of the world, or maybe you know, maybe it's also just one of those things like Mufasa. He's like everything the light touches, so like you get yeah. that half over there. That would indeed be a fine thing for a man like me, thought the little tailor. One is not offered a beautiful princess and half a kingdom every day of one's life. Oh yes, he replied. I will soon subdue the giants and do and do not require the help of a hundred horsemen to do it. He who can hit seven with one blow has no need to be afraid of two. Uh oh, this guy's this guy's starting to buy into his own hype. David, he's buying his own hype. He's like, yeah, it's me. I'm the one who's good. Maybe he doesn't even remember at this point that it was flies instead of men. Yeah, you think he's told himself the lie? I think, so many I think times? he's like daydreamed to himself so many times about doing it to dudes that that he forgets. Let's see what he does to these dudes. The tailor went forth, and the hundred horsemen followed him. When he came to the outskirts of the forest, he said to his followers, Just stay waiting here. I will alone finish off the giants. He then bounded in the forest and looked about right and left. After a while, he perceived both giants. They lay sleeping under a tree and snored so that the branches waved up and down. (gasps) 
<laughs> the little tailor, not idle, gathered two pocketfuls of stones, and with these climbed up the tree. When he was halfway up, he slipped down the branches until he sat just above the sleepers. Then he let one stone after another fall on the breast of the giants. For a long time, the giant felt nothing, but at last he awoke, pushed his comrade, and said, Why are you knocking me? You are. You must be dreaming, said the other one. I am not knocking you. They laid themselves down to go to sleep again, and the little tailor threw a stone down on the second one. What is the meaning of this? cried the other one. Why are you pelting me? I am not pelting you, answered the first, growling. They disputed about it for some time, but as they were weary, uh, they let the matter rest and their eyes closed once more. The little tailor began his game again, picked out the biggest of stones, and threw it all with all of his might at the breast of the first giant. This is too much, cried he, and sprung up like a madman and pushed his companion again the tree until it shook. The other paid him back in the same coin, and they got into such a rage that they tore up the trees and belabored each other after so long <laughs> that they both fell dead on the ground at the same time. Yep. The little tailor leapt down. It is a lucky thing, said he. They did not tear up the one tree of which I was sitting, or I should have been, or, or I should have sprung onto another like a squirrel. But we tailors are nimble. He drew out the sword and gave each of them a couple of thrusts in the breath, in the breasts, and went on to the horseman and said, "The work is done. I had given both of them their finishing strokes, oh but it was God. hard work. They tore up the trees in their sore need and." and defended themselves with them. But all of this was to no purpose when a man like myself comes, who can kill seven with one blow. Oh but God. are you not but are you not wounded, said the horseman? You need not concern yourself about that, answered the tailor. They have not bent one hair of mine. The horseman would not believe him, and rode into the forest where they found the giants swimming in their blood, and all around them lay the tore-up trees. Which makes me think that the tailor didn't, like, stab them. He, like, jumped. He's like, ah! Like, yeah. double-handed. <laughs> <laughs> he no made it a pretty gruesome scene. <laughs> yeah, he described it as he poked them a couple of times. They're in a pool of their own blood at this yeah, point. Yeah, he probably has a bunch of giant blood on him so when they were like yeah. oh are you yeah. hurt he's like oh this isn't mine you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh this isn't this isn't my blood it's yeah, not yeah, my yeah, blood yeah. yeah 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 the little tailor demanded of the king the promised reward he however repented on the promise and again thought <gasps> of how he could get rid of the hero before you receive my daughter and half of my kingdom said he to him you must uh -oh. perform one more heroic deed man Changing the deal. I hate when ever in a story or in a show or whatever, I hate when this happens. I, I fucking hate when this happens. <laughs> in the forest roams a unicorn, which does great harm. You must catch it first. I fear one <laughs> okay, unicorn. Hold on. <laughs> The, the giants who burn and ravage and murder and steal are David. mischief, but one unicorn is great harm? David, what every, the fuck is this guy's every deal? Every time people see this unicorn, it stabs them. This is a stabbing unicorn. We always think of unicorns as these majestic creatures. They no, are, I know. I know that, like, in some classic fairy tales, like, they could be, like, super dangerous, awful beings, but, like... They have a fucking spear on their head! They're spear horses! David, you hate horses. Now put a spear yes. on top of that horse. Head. Oh, 
I'm with you. I'm I'm for them killing this unicorn. I just I just want to know what is like the metric that they're measuring threat levels here. <laughs> David, I've never said this out loud before, but if we ever get merch, the the first shirt we should have should have the outline of a unicorn with a big red X through it. Like no unicorns. <laughs> not a fan of horses, not a fan of unicorns here on uh Storytime. <laughs> I'm happy to have the podcast's general stance be fuck horses. Listen, listen, I don't want to tell people that I fuck horses, but whatever you want, David, I support your life. (laughs) I fear one unicorn, still less than two giants. Seven at one blow is my kind of affair. He took a rope with an axe and went forth into the forest and again bade those who were sent with him to wait outside. David, he's (laughs) buying his shit hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Yeah, he... he I, this story can go basically one of two ways, and I, I want it to go the way it should, which is that one task eventually just his luck runs out, right? Or someone has someone insists on watching him work, and you know, and the gig is up. But I don't know that that's gonna actually happen. We'll see. We'll see. He had to seek long. The unicorn soon came towards him and rushed directly at the tailor, as if it would spear him with his horn without more ceremony. Softly, softly, it can't be done as quickly as that, said he, and stood and waited until the animal was quite close. Then he sprang nimbly behind the tree. The unicorn ran against the tree with all its strength and struck (laughs) its horn so fast in the trunk that it that it had not enough strength to draw it out again. And thus he wily coyoted it. Yep. <laughs> he wily coyoted the unicorn. Yeah. And David, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you choose a tailor in D and D your dexterity is just through the oh, fucking roof. Yeah. He, he dumped everything into decks and charisma. Absolutely. Right? Now I have got him, said the tailor, and came out from behind the tree and put the rope around its neck. Then with his axe, he hewed the horn off the tree, and when it was all ready, he led the beast away and took it to the king. Whoa. Yeah, that unicorn has now been circumcised. It's a horse now. <laughs> so that's that weird little bump on it. It's, it's like a, a horse ha- with just like a, yeah, like a, yeah. a hard spot on its forehead. <laughs> the king still would not give the promised reward and made a third demand. God damn it. Before the wedding, the tailor must catch him a wild boar that made great havoc in the forest, and the huntsmen should give him their help. Willingly, said the tailor, that is child's play. He did not take (laughs) the huntsmen with him into the forest, and they were all pleased that he did not, for the wild boar had several times received them in such a manner that they had no inclination to lie and wait for him. Oh, my God. The huntsmen have failed multiple times yeah. on multiple occasions trying to kill this pig, which is a yeah. whole other Wiley, cartoon, a Wiley Coyote cartoon as well. <laughs> and it's bo- causing great havoc. I don't know that that means it's killed anyone, right? Obviously, well, the unicorn I, has speared people and the yeah, giants David, had murdered and burned stuff. So the, I, I imagine the havoc that this one is causing is like, is like property damage. Like this guy is... David, just think about how awful your day is. First, you got to duck the giants, then you miss the fucking spear of a horse, and then a boar gets you. Like, it's just one after the other. This kingdom yeah. has problems. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> wild boars have been scary to me ever since I saw Old Yeller as a kid. <laughs> There's an, oh, yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the boar, when he protects them. Yeah. Feral hogs are a problem. Pigs go feral in like a fucking week. Like they it's escape crazy. from pig farms and they're just like instantly like, I kill things now. <laughs> <laughs> 
When the boar perceived the tailor, it ran at him, foaming mouth and wetted tusks, and he was about to throw him to the ground when the active hero sprang into a chapel, which was near, and above the window at once. See, David, you didn't know in the middle of the forest there's a chapel. Up to the window at once, and in in one bound and out again. The boar ran in after him, but the tailor ran around the outside and shut the door behind him, and the raging beast, which was much too heavy and awkward to leap out the window, was caught. So the boar then, tried to jump yeah. out the window, but got caught on the windowsill. So his legs are, like, flailing, but he can't he, get he anywhere. He can't get out, and then he shut the door, so he's stuck in this chapel, and I imagine he's gonna, like, burn the chapel down. The little tailor called for the huntsman. Uh, there they might see the prisoner with their own eyes. The hero. Yeah, I don't know. No. I picture he like caught him in like a doorway, like right, like the like the window, like he like closed mm-hmm. the door behind him, but he's like trapped in this like little area. Yeah, yeah. The hero went to the king, who was now, whether he liked it or not, obligated to keep the promise, and the king gave him <laughs> his daughter and half the kingdom. Listen, David, he did three extraordinary attacks. He's obligated <sighs> to give his daughter See, away, and like he, he technically did do those tasks, right? Like he. He did dispatch the giants. He did dispatch the unicorn. He did take care of the, the boar. The, it's just that he's lying about how he did it, which is like, why? Why? <laughs> Be a hero for your fucking wit. Like, that's fine. Like, what, why does he have to do this whole rigmarole? All because he had a belt. <laughs> that he made. <laughs> Had he known it was no warlike hero, but a little tailor who was standing before him, it would have made his heart even less happy than it was. The wedding was held with great magnificence and small joy, and the tailor was and the tailor <laughs> and out of a tailor a king was made. They had a <laughs> wedding. It wasn't that nice, but you know he's a king now. Yeah. <laughs> After some time, the young queen heard her husband say in his dreams at night, Boy, oh my God. make me a doublet and patch the pantaloons, or else I will wrap thee with a yard measure over the ears. Then she discovered in what state of life the young lord had been born, and the next morning complained, com- complained of her wrongs to her father and begged him to help her get rid of the husband who was nothing else but a tailor oh my god this is this is also one of these stories that like why are we need more fucking information why is there more than this why why did we not just have it they lived happily ever after why did we go into oh and then one night his his wife found out that he used to be a poor person and then was like get me the fuck out of this i hate this (laughs) the king comforted her and said leave your bedroom door open tonight and my servant shall stand outside and when he has fallen asleep we shall go in bind him and take him on board a ship which will carry him into the wide world the woman was satisfied with this but the king's amor bear who had who who had heard all was friendly with the young lord and informed him of the whole plot <laughs> so the tailor's got an insight on the king's hey. council I mean, I'm going to try to bookmark it for lessons later, but uh, make friends where you can. Get you know? a man on the inside. That's a good one. I'll put I'll put a screw into that business, said the little tailor. And at night, he went to bed with his wife at the usual time. And when she thought that he had fallen asleep, she got up, opened the door, and lay down again. The little tailor, who was only pretending to be asleep, began to cry out in a clear voice, Boy, make me a doublet and patch me the pantaloons, or I will wrap thee with a yard measure over the ears. I slayed seven at one blow. I killed two giants, brought one away 
brought one away, one unicorn, and caught a wild boar. And now I am expected to fear those who are standing outside the room? With these, the men heard the tailor speaking thus, and they were overcome by great dread, right as if the wild hunter were behind them, and none of them would venture anything further against him. So the little tailor was king and remained one till the end of his life. The end. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> David, nothing they, bad ever happened. Okay, I can't believe how timely this story is. The end of the story is literally they they hatched a plot to kidnap the governor. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah they did. They <laughs> and then tried. it was and then it was foiled because of uh, the authorities catching yeah, some, wind of it and shutting it down. Someone on the inside knew what was going on. He's like, "Whoa, we can't have this sort of distress." <laughs> wow. God, and then they, that was it. And then they were just like, well, we're never trying that again. Now listen, We're going to we live can't... in fear of this king the rest of our lives. We can't do recap in lessons because my wife will get mad. But this is the third Swatch of Fairy Tale where, like, our hero is a hero and nothing bad ever happens to yeah, him. Yeah. And funny enough, you talked about the items being used. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of Amin and the ghoul. But, like, Amin uh-huh. was humble and was, like, saving his own life. This yeah, piece of that, shit That was uses... a good story. <laughs> yeah, this guy is chaotic neutral at best. Like, just, yeah. like, just going around making his life better. Um, yeah. Listen, this is a good time. Let's go to lessons. Okay. Lessons. Uh, I have one that I, I literally typed it up because I didn't want to forget it because it happened oh, like it happened like 15, 20 minutes into the story. <laughs> sure. You don't get offered a beautiful princess and half a kingdom every day. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's literally what the story said, right? If, if in your life you find yourself being offered a beautiful princess and half a kingdom, you need to go for it because that offer will not come around again most likely. Now, mind you, this is the first half of this lesson. If you'd like to know the second half of this lesson, please listen to the talking head song, Once in a Lifetime. Because in that <laughs> song, he goes, how did I get this wife? Where did I get this <laughs> So, like, you might have some existential crisis later on, but right now, everything is fine i mean the lesson is the lesson is very clear and it's straightforward yeah, i know fake it till you make it just yep. lie your, just yep. lie your way to the top you can just lie and sleep with whoever you need to get to to get to the highest <laughs> of the towers I, it's it's really mind-boggling to me that like the crux of this story is that like he, he would be a fairy tale hero if he didn't have this whole layer of, like, lying about how strong he is. David, who is – what is the moral of this story to a kid? Like, what is the lesson from a kid? Like, self-confidence? It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like project yourself one way and then be smart enough to, like, keep the lie going forever. Right. That's, like would, that's the lesson. It would be one thing if he was super sure of himself. But every time he's, like, d- like asked about it, he's always, like, again, he just lies more. Like, he doubles down do on this, no yeah, problem. He doubles down on it, yeah. Um. Uh, I think it's a good lesson. If you see a unicorn, you got to kill it. You got to get that yeah. shit out of here. Yeah, you can't look. As dangerous, I know I raised about horses first. Like it's literally just adding a weapon to that situation. <laughs> Absolutely, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Uh, I think a good lesson is uh, before you – I mean something that people should take away. Before you go on a journey, get an inventory. Fill up your backpack yeah. with useful items. Yeah, and 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 I would even hazard to say don't stop at two. Go with three because it came to a point where he, when the, he had a third trial that he literally had to brain his way out of. So just bring one more item. You never know. 
Uh, I think a good lesson in terms of relationships for this story is once yeah. you're in a committed relationship, never tell your partner the whole truth. Always leave <laughs> just a little air A little of bit mystery. of mystery, yeah. <laughs> always want your partner to kind of be afraid of you that you would just kill them if you were to do something, you know, yeah. haphazardly. That's yeah. something I and, take away from this And story. to mix these two lessons that we've had, um, when you have a partner, don't go looking for unicorns. It's just Absolutely. dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, listen, <laughs> don't go chasing unicorns. Stick to the regular house elves and like things that you're used to. Any other lessons stick out to you, David? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I guess... No, not really. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with something like having to do with the cheese of the bird, but no, not really. Listen, I, I think I think no, I think that's a good lesson. Keep a bird in your pocket. Listen, I a, bir a bird in the pocket <laughs> is better than two in a bush. I believe is what it says. I think it's a bird in the pocket is better than one in the corner of your house. Like yes, I think that's how it goes. Something like that. Listen, I don't know what kids are supposed to take away from this story. This fucking story is not for kids. Also, I don't know why other people like. I'm pretty sure it's a Mickey Mouse cartoon. Is Mickey Mouse the son of a bitch? Then I guess so. I, yeah, I don't remember how because I did, I did like I, I had exposure to the story at some point in my life, like when I was a child. I don't remember the context or how, like if it was yeah, like a cartoon it's, or something. It's probably or, one of those Shelley Duvall fairy tales that you saw in the fourth grade, and you were like, "Why are we watching mm -hmm. this?" But you watched it. Yeah, some like little cartoon that like some weird like at home video company. You never made. saw you never saw the Shelley Duvall stories? It's like it's I don't like remember. one's got Pee Wee Herman as Pinocchio and it's like got like famous actors and they like do no. stories. Oh okay it's pretty cool. So. It's pretty cool. David, I'll, right. I'll, I'll I'll share that with you one of these days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well David, thank you so much for listening to it. I'm so glad to have you back. If I were to yeah. I wish I wish I could grab your hands and spin you in a circle in a field where we look into each other's eyes, but you know Yeah. COVID. So anyway, yeah. thanks for listening to my story today. No problem. Uh, before we go, oh, I just I, wanted I, to... I was, I was, I, I apologize. I already wrote it down that I was going to set you up. I let me here. Hold on. Let me go back and set you up this time. David, if everyone's enjoying this podcast, what other podcast should they enjoy right now? I wasn't even going to do that. Like, Oh, I... you got to do that one. That was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, my episode isn't going to be for a long time from now, uh, but still. Go uh, subscribe. There... Get it into yes. their queues. Yes, uh, a good friend of ours, Alex Fasciani, who does a bunch of podcasts and YouTube things and all sorts of stuff, um, is putting together a very ambitious podcast called The New 52 and You, uh, where we are basically breaking down every trade paperback volume of the New 52 era of DC Comics. Um, there's like seven or eight of us who he has tapped to be like sort of the correspondents in different sections of the DC universe. My episodes will be later, but they have already started. Um, it's basically on all the major podcast platforms called The New 52 and You. There's, uh, I think, already two or three episodes out that are about the, the Batman books uh, so far. Um, so go check it out. It's great. It's fun. It's uh, if you haven't read the comics or you have, like that's kind of the point. He's he is it's very um, beginner friendly. If that makes sense, that's like his whole purpose of it. What was the uh, other thing you were gonna say? The other thing I was gonna say is that for the sixty nine percent of our audience who are in the United States, please go vote. Go vote, everybody. Or, go or fill, or out, fill your out your ballot and send it in, or fill it out and put it in a Dropbox. Uh, do that. We have a. An election coming up. Go vote in it. If That's we it. can just influence one of you to go out and vote, we have failed. So we need two people to go, okay? <laughs> it's one each. We each That's have to one get of one us, okay? We both have to convince one person. <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's all I had. 
perfect. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for another classic vanilla story time. Yeah. I'm Michael Santel. I'm David Miller. And we'll see everybody next time. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. That's our show. Thanks for coming around. Don't be sad. No need to frown. We'll have more stories. Don't throw a fit. Goodbye, one and all. And we'll see you in a bit. I know it's your episode, but I'll do the intro today. What? Okay.